Welcome to Walk With Me, a ministry of Cornerstone Church. Hi, my name's Tori and I'll be your host. Sometimes when I want to make a new friend, I'll say, come walk with me and we'll talk. My goal for this podcast is that we as women would walk together and enjoy sweet community in Christ. Today on our program, we have Allie Wolf Cole. Welcome, Allie. Thanks. Thanks for having me. You're welcome. Tell me a little bit about yourself or your family, your background, anything you would like us to know about you. Awesome. My name is Allie. I'm married to Brian, and we met through Salt Company. Mm-hmm. We uh, gained saving knowledge of Jesus through Salt Company and got married and never left Ames. Hmm. Uh, we have four kids. Our oldest is Reese, and she's seven. And then we have Brooke, who's six, and Cade, who's five, and Bo, who's four. Wow. Um, and I stay home. Uh, I like to say that I'm retired from Iowa State. I worked at Iowa State for a while with college kids, loved them. Now I stay home, and we homeschool. Well, that uh, means you're actually not retired. You're very, very busy. <laughs> yes, yes, So, yes. Okay, so we're going to talk about adoption today, something you've Love done that. recently. So tell me about um, why, how did you and Brian decide to adopt? Right. So we have two adopted kids. Okay. Um, Brooke, who's six, and Bo, who's four, were adopted internationally from the Democratic Republic of Congo. How'd you decide you want to adopt from Congo? You know, we kind of started thinking uh, towards adoption, and that's a whole other story, but then we, we knew people who had adopted from Africa, and so we met with a few people that we knew and it was kind of awkward. We didn't know where we wanted to go, and God mm-hmm. wasn't dropping a flashing arrow. Um, so we chose Congo based on the program. We had heard great things about the program, and we know that international adoption, you're only as strong as the people on the ground in the country, and usually can't go meet them. So so the program meaning the adoption agency? The agency, yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. So agency. that's how people, if they're going to adopt uh, internationally... How do they choose based on the... Um, Some people choose based on agency. We had friends that had used the agency, so we had heard firsthand that it was uh, one that was reputable. Yeah, reputable and ethical. So are international adoptions generally more difficult than domestic? You had some difficulties. We did, yeah. It's more of a... um, It's different for everyone, and there's hard things about both. So for every smooth domestic adoption story I've heard... There's, um, you know, lost referrals and, and navigating the birth family mm-hmm. relationship with can be hard. But then there's smooth ado- international adoption stories. And then there's the long wait times and the death and disease that usually comes from some of the countries you work with. Mm-hmm. Um, and then navigating the rules and regulations of countries that don't work like ours. So are people, are, are children like um, in the Congo, let's say, are they in like an orphanage? Most of them are. Okay. Yes, there, there are um, true orphans and then there's social orphans. So mm-hmm. sometimes orphanages work as more of like a care center hmm. where parents don't have the means to care for them at the time and they place them in the orphanage and mm. then they'll, they'll be back. Hmm. So, um, hmm. yeah, there are kids who do have families that are living in orphanages. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah, there's been a lot of people at Cornerstone that have mm-hmm. adopted, and mm-hmm. I'm not sure that everyone knows if their Mm-mm. children are true orphans or not, right. but regardless, they need a loving home. Right. So you're providing that. Yeah. So what's been the hardest thing about adopt? When did you start the, the process? Thing. 
We started the process in 2012, July of 2012. Wow. We, we accepted referrals um, in January of 2013 for a two-year-old girl and a five-day-old boy. Oh, my. And they came home August 2015 at four and a half and two and a half. Oh, my. That's a lot of waiting. It was. It and you talked about paperwork. It's a lot of paperwork? It's a lot of paperwork. What do they have to establish to get these kids to America? Uh, each country's process is a little different, but most of them go something like you need to um, adopt them in their home country, and that takes a lot of paperwork through their home country. And then our process went once that was complete, we were considered the parents, their parents in the Congo on Congolese paperwork. Okay. And then we had to do the U.S. side of things. So how are we going to get them into the country? apply for their U.S. visa, prove that they were orphans, prove that their paperwork was legit. Uh Um, And then we had to go through an investigation where they um, supposedly looked through their paperwork and made sure it was all okay Mm -hmm. and that we could take them out of the country. Hmm. So that finally happened. Yeah. And you brought them home. When did you say last... August 2015. 2015. Wow. So what has been the hardest thing since then? Um, I think the hardest thing about adoption is that all adoption starts with loss. Oh, um, yeah, I didn't think about that. And that is, that is hard. So all these kids, no matter if they're international or domestically adopted, um, their story starts with the loss of a birth family and loss, loss means trauma. So that will always be a part of their story and that will always because it's a part of their story. It's a part, part of, of my, story. it's a part of my story now. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, yeah, so, so, so trauma. Hmm. That's, that's been the hardest. And that doesn't just go away when they get here. It doesn't. No, it doesn't. They will always live with that hole. Huh. Um, and you know, love is good. A family is good. A home where they feel safe. Um, but they will always walk with a piece of them missing. Even the youngest that come? Even the youngest. You know, there's trauma a, and remember? Yeah, there's a lot of research about how even if they can't remember it subconsciously, your body just knows. So if they didn't get enough food, they might not well, remember that, but they might come home with, with um, issues regarding food and not mm-hmm. thinking they're ever going to get enough, hmm. things like that. Wow. Yeah. So it never leaves them. They live um, with it. Yeah, I mean, I... It gets I, fainter. I think they can be healed, you okay. know, and I think... Uh, we have one one gal. Our little girl is doing awesome. She's doing awesome. Um, I would say trauma is very minimal in her life, but I know it's there. And mm-hmm. it could, um, you know, kids go through phases. Mm-hmm. It doesn't just because she's been home for a year and a half and she's doing great doesn't mean three years down the road she's not going to struggle mm-hmm. with something. Um, and we've got one who struggles, hmm. so it, it manifests itself differently in all in different right. kids. So that's the hard thing is trauma. What's your mm-hmm. what is um, your, what's the best thing? Best thing, the best thing for me, um, is what I learned about God. What I learned about huh. God through it. Tell me about and that. And what I've learned is parenting kids from hard places has just shown me my sin. Huh? Um, in know, what way? Um, for me, parenting kids from hard places has brought out issues I didn't even know I had, things in my past that I didn't even know were there. Huh. Um, I've Because you have t- to be so selfless or why, why does that happen? Um, for us, 
trauma man itself manifests itself in hard behaviors. Mm. And sometimes those hard behaviors are t- hard to deal with. Mm. And um, I didn't know how to deal lots with Lots of patience. Yeah, lots of patience. I tried to read up on trauma so I would understand why, why are they doing this. Um, I screwed up more times than I even thought, even thought I possibly could. So what God did through that was just make um, my sin just that much bigger. You know, like I thought I needed God, but here I am trying to parent kids that there, there really is no handbook. There's great books, but uh-huh. I, it was something new and different and that we had never done before. Um, and I was screwing up left and right. Uh-huh. And um, so I, I really realized my sin. And as my sin got bigger, God's grace got bigger. Mm, and so I understood God's grace, but it has just grown in my life and my understanding of that and how much I really, truly need Jesus. Huh. That's fantastic. That a hard thing shows you the goodness of God. Yeah. Yeah. The whole just, the whole gets deeper and God's grace keeps filling it. Yeah. Wow. Praise God. So, uh, you also have two biological children. Yes. And how old were they when their siblings came home? They were six and four when Brooke and Bo came home. Okay, so you increased your your kid load by 100%. Yes. How's that? Yes. You know, um, it was a little traumatizing and a little <laughs> For overwhelming. Everyone. Yeah, I was, I was a little nervous uh-huh. because you want to, um, every kid you have to parent differently. And how am I going to balance four different needs? Um, but I think there's there's a quote that talks about if you can feed two, you can feed three. Hmm. And at this point in our life, we, we had a six and a four-year-old and we brought, no, yeah, we had six and four, and we brought home four and two. Mm-hmm. And, you know, if you're making two dinners, why not make four? Right. Um, if you're putting two kids to bed, why not put two more to yeah. bed? So they're all in the same developmental area, and that causes some problems sometimes. But it, it, we have the space. We have the things. Why not? Huh. It is more mentally taxing, though, to have more children. It is. Yeah, uh-huh. it is. Especially as we parent you just, you have to parent them all differently too. Right. So trying to figure out you're doing this. So you need this. Right. But I have to respond to you in this way. You know, I ignore your behavior, uh-huh. but your behavior means you don't feel safe. So I have to do something different with your behavior. So just trying to manage, manage their needs. Huh? Yeah. And as they get older and you're a right. parent of teenagers and yeah. thinking, well, about actually it. they're almost all out <laughs> by know. now. That's but yes, true. I have been a parent. Right. Of and thinking of, of how needs change yep. and how, but you also have a special needs child. Yes. Reese yes. was born with a, a tumor on her spine. Is that yes. correct? Yes. Tell, tell us about that and how does that play into having kids who are very needy from a hard place? Right. Um, so Reese was born with a spinal cord tumor, which is a birth defect that we like to say is is life um, altering, okay. not life threatening. Okay. Um, so she does have chronic, chronic medical needs and actually her story played a huge role in why we chose to adopt. So we... Uh, um, when she was born, you know, we had how many kids we wanted and how far apart and how yeah. our family's going to look like we were young and that's how we thought you did it. And I realized, and I think most people realize that you can't control that. <laughs> um, and so when she was born with medical issues, we kind of opened up our family to God and was like, well, what else do you want to do? Cause obviously this was not our plan and we couldn't control this. Um, but this is what you chose. Huh. I love that. Um, Cause a lot of people would say, God, why? Right. But you said, right. Oh God, look at this. I mean, you sometimes gave us a new I opportunity. said, God, why? Yeah. <laughs> right. But it really started to get our, getting our hearts on the right page with God of, well, th- this is your plan. This wow. is not our plan. What, what a cool testimony. What else would you like to do? Yeah. Um, so she does have some physical medical needs. She does a lot of treatments and medications throughout the day. Um, 
which was hard to balance at first. I mean, it was a little chaotic with two kids who don't are learning how to be part of your family. Don't speak English. Don't speak English. Um, and then, you know, I got to make sure I do this for her at a certain time and she needs this medication at a certain time. But we found our groove. And one of the things I was nervous about was Reese doesn't know any different. And Cade was born into our family doesn't know any different uh-huh. as far as Reese's equipment, Reese's treatments. But now I'm bringing a four-year-old into the home. Mm-hmm. This is not normal for her. What is she going to think? What is she going to say? Um, but none of this was normal. None of the home life was normal. Right, right. So it was all new to her. It was all new. But it's been really cool to watch Brooke, who's our six-year-old, and Reese is our seven-year-old. Uh, they share a room, and it's been really neat to watch Brooke be the helper. She gets mm. Reese's, Reese's um, equipment for mm-hmm. treatments. She mm-hmm. throws things away or trash. Mm. You know, she's just, she's just stepped right into it. She's never mm. questioned it. Maybe in her mind this is what is normal, but it, it is her new normal mm-hmm. now. And she... Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, she loves Reese well. Hmm. How yeah. does Reese do with that? How does Reese... She was the oldest kid, and there mm-hmm. were just two of them. And how have your kids... You know, I don't think we discussed that as a question, but how have they... Have they welcomed it? Have they pushed it away? Yes. They both have um, dealt with it differently. So I was very prepared for Brooke and Bo, as prepared as I could be. There was books on how to help kids become part of your family and how to help their needs mm-hmm. and, and their, um, their behaviors that they might have. But there aren't a lot of resources on how to help children already in your family hmm. deal with the trauma that's now entered your family. Hmm. Um, I wonder why. You know, I don't know. Maybe you need to write. Yeah, no. There is one person writing one, and I'm waiting for it oh, to come out. Oh, very good. Uh, Lisa Quails is writing one. But, That's good. Um, so that kind of blindsided us. Hmm. We thought, we're ready. This right. was kind of our thing that uh-huh. we chose to do. As a family, we talked it up. They knew they pictures. They knew they course, were sharing rooms. Of course, but you rooms. can't. You don't know. Right, and she was only six. And so that's where uh-huh. a lot of grace came in. And she, our oldest struggled. Our oldest struggled. Um because they don't get nearly as much attention then when you bring these two new, no, they very don't. And, needy kids And we kids parented home. them differently. Mm-hmm. Um, why are you letting Brooke do that when mm-hmm. I can't do that? Those kinds of things. Right. And um, so we sought we sought professional help for for one of our kids, and then for the other one, he just kind of um, regressed a couple years. So oh. we just all of a sudden had a lot of needs too. And, yeah. Um, so yeah, so they Reese acted out angry, very huh. angry. Is she not she's not normally she, an angry. No, she's she's a rule follower, people pleaser. Yeah. People pleaser. So that surprised me. All of a sudden we had an angry little girl on our hands. Huh. Um uh but we've seen God walk her through that. It's fun to look back on where we were 16 months ago mm. and talk to Reese how that was really hard. Mm. That was really hard. But look at what God has done. That's really cool to keep track of God's faithfulness in right. your kids' lives. Yeah. Look at what God did in, in your and Brooke's relationship. You know, they shared a yeah. room. There was a time where they could not share a yeah. room. It was not working. Because you could stay in frustration like, oh, this is so hard. But if you see the improvement, right. what an encouragement that right. is. And it's still hard. It's still exactly. hard. They are very different people. Huh. They're very different people. Um, but it's really fun. It's really fun uh, to watch God heal that relationship. And, and start, grow your kids. Yeah, and start to create something really cool in our family yeah. where they, they they love each other and they don't have to fake it Yeah, right now. So Was it hard for you to watch your kids struggle? Yes. Yeah. Yes. That was really hard. I felt like it was my fault because uh, I made this choice and they just had to go along with it. Right. Um, 
I mean, I do feel like this is where we were supposed to go as a family. This is where God led us. And I, I knew he would help us. Yeah. But there's hard times. Right. Um, and it was very hard to feel like, Ooh, maybe I didn't make the best choice for my family. Cause, cause they're struggling. Why are you yelling these really mean things at me? Um, you introduced stress to your family. Right. I remember Uh one time Reese is a voracious reader, absolutely loves reading. And I, look back and I think it came out of the time where our life was a little crazy in our home and she would curl up under a blanket mm. and just devour, bo- devour mm-hmm. books, mm-hmm. Um, which is actually really cool. She loves to read. And yeah. I, I think back to it kind of came out of the time when that was her coping mechanism yeah. in our home. What a great coping mechanism. Right. Right. Yeah. And so it's cool that there was a blessing that came out of it, but, um, huh. Yeah. So how about your marriage? How is this all? So that, it's been hard to see your kids, but you can see growth and it's encouraging. Yes. How about your marriage? Yes. How's it affected your um, marriage? It has dramatically affected our marriage. I think the process, the process is long and the process um, can get tedious and hard. Because um, the process takes a long time. It does. It does. It's it not like, hey, we want to adopt. Mm-hmm. And then you, your kids, you have to wait. Right. Yeah. Most countries, you have to wait. And even domestic adoption usually... Ugh. Involves waiting. Yes. Yeah. Waiting Hmm. is waiting is sanctifying. Mm, I guess. Um, So that even the process was good for us because now um, it touched every part of our relationship. Communication. We're having to communicate about all these paperwork we didn't know Mm -hmm. about. Um, Finances Mm. touched our finances. Um, Parenting. Mm -hmm. So so those were things we had to filter through, and we really came out thankful for the process on the other end hmm. of what God had done through that refined us through the process. And then our kids came home and that hmm. was a whole different, um, process. They, our time looked different. Hmm. So that was one thing that my husband and I had to work through was we used to love to sit around the table and with our kids and eat dinner and my, mm-hmm. we would catch up on the day. Yeah. Well now our dinners looked nothing like that and there was no time Huh. To even get a word in with my husband. Yeah. Because uh, we were working with our kids around the dinner table. Or one of our kids came home struggling with sleep. And mm. so bedtime was magical before our kids came home. And 7.01, they were in bed and that was our time. But then at that time had disappeared. Um, so you lost a lot of control. We did. We did lose a lot of control. So we had to get, get kind of creative. And there was a hard... There was a hard hard period of months in there where we felt like we were just in passing, you mm. know, cause you, somebody's got to sleep with this child. Right. So then that went there, went our time to connect. Mm-hmm. Um, and so one of the things we did was we did Friday night movie night mm-hmm. and our kids loved TV and movies. And so we thought it was going to be a really great time to bond our family and mm-hmm. sit, sit, you know, do something fun, create, create memories. Mm-hmm. Um, it ended up being where our kids would watch a movie and my husband and I would just sit and talk and kind of mm-hmm. catch up on the week. So that was one yeah. thing we tried to do where it had been so chaotic and crazy. Um, so just try to try to find some times where we could so do you just have to keep adjusting that so you guys have time? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, not, and, we, and that thing works for real long. Right. And we, we are at a point parenting our kids where we can sit around the table and have, oh, that's and I excellent. can talk to my husband. That's excellent. So I love how you can see where you were and how, how you're here yeah. now. And that's a yeah. great thing. Yeah. And a great encouragement, which is another reason, like, I encourage people to journal. Mm-hmm. So you can remember what ha- the improvements have been made. You know what I mean? And what, right. how God has been faithful right. through it all. Yeah. So that's yeah. really excellent. That is cool. So there are a lot of people around us that are seeing um, you adopt and seeing Mm -hmm. friends adopt, and they're contemplating adoption themselves. Mm -hmm. 
So what advice could you give them? Um, the good, bad, the ugly. Yeah. Um, first of all would be to pray over it. Huh. Ask God for clarity, guidance. I mean, I wouldn't want to do this if it wasn't in the will of God. Huh. I, it, that, that scares me. I don't know how people do this um, without God. But to, uh, read, read, read up on things. Uh, read up on parenting kids from hard places, parenting trauma, just so you can kind of wrap your head around what this might look like. Do you have some family. resources we can list on the bottom of this that people could, yeah. you know, access? Yeah, one of my favorites is The Connected Child by Karen Purvis. Okay. That was my first book. Okay. Um, there's a couple by Dan Siegel I really like on understanding the brain and how trauma affects the brain. And then actually Cornerstone does the Empower to Connect conference. Mm-hmm. And they did it last year. I think they're live streaming it this year. And mm. that was we'll so link. We'll link all helpful. those, yeah. those um, pieces and um, things that you have yeah. found helpful. Yeah, so read as much as you can. I mean, there's a point where you can read and you don't have kids in your home, so there's only so much you can right. do. But talking to other families who've gone before you. Hmm. Uh, how, how does this affect your other children, your marriage, your life? What does it look like when they came home? What it'll look like a year down the road? Um, Is there a group in Ames that does that, gets together? An adoption group? Cornerstone has a renew group for adoption, adoption and foster families. It's more focused on education. Okay. Um, I don't know. But it's important to be connected in community with others. Yes. That so, have done yeah. the same thing. Yeah, so talking talking to people. Um, so I just had lunch with a gal um, mm-hmm. who was also adopted, and she's a friend of yours. Mm-hmm. And she said she felt so guilty because she was really struggling to love one of their adopted kids. And she didn't really want to talk about it. Mm-hmm. But she found out that when she was talking to another gal mm-hmm. who adopted... It was actually a very normal struggle. Right. And so those things are really, really helpful to know. Right. You're not the only one. You're not crazy and you're not alone. Huh. So um, that's been helpful surrounding, as an adoptive mom, surrounding yourself with people who have adopted and who understand why I can't come hang out because Uh I have a kiddo who doesn't do well in new places. Yeah. Um, yeah, didn't you, when they first came home, have to do kind of a nesting? We thing? did. They kind of call it cocooning, and we chose to do that just to try to kind of establish the boundaries of our home and the boundaries of our family, and this is mom and this is dad. Um, even today, the, the whole reason you do that is they've had so many caretakers in their life mm. that mom and dad is just kind of a subject thrown out there, and they've all left them. or Maybe huh. not left them. I mean, we pulled them from a great foster yeah, family. family that loved them. Um, but had signed up, you know, for, yeah. um, just a couple months, knew, knew the whole plan. It's not like we pulled them. That was the wrong right, word. Right. That out. Um, um, but even today we were in the Starbucks line uh-huh. and our little guy went up to some guy he did not know, bear hugged his leg and s- wouldn't let go. Huh. So we're still establishing appropriate, Proper, yeah. yeah, appropriate people, um, and appropriate social behavior also, uh-huh. but just trying to establish that this is our family and this huh. is a safe place and I will always love you and I will never leave you. Huh. Um, so yeah, so that was hard in the beginning. Is that where we were? We were talking, how did we get there? Yeah, we were talking about, about the cocooning. Yeah. Um, so why you do that? Yes. Trying to establish, establish that safe. And so during that cocooning time, I've talked to other families 
you don't even invite grandparents and things into it, or you do? Oh, families families all do it differently. Oh, okay. So we wanted our families to be part of our lives, and and um, so we did invite them in. I, I don't know. They were home. A, they were home a few weeks, but okay. we tried to help people understand that we wanted to meet their needs. So when people came into our home, um, we said, please. If they ask you for water or a toy or a uh, Band-Aid, will you please guide them back yes. to us? Because we want uh-huh. them to know, first and foremost, we meet their needs so that they can mm-hmm. have healthy relationships with other people. Because if right. they don't create a healthy relationship with mom and dad first, then they're not going to have healthy relationships yeah, with many the attachment. other people. Yeah. A lot of them haven't attached right. to a certain person. Right, because so many people have gone in and out of yeah. their lives. Yeah. Wow. And some of them have. Some of them had a a strong attachment to someone uh-huh. and that is hard for them to let go of, but really uh, helps in the end that they were exactly. taught. They were taught how to attach. attach. Um, yeah. And a lot of them uh. have been hurt by people who have left them or they've for some reason had to leave people that they loved. So mm. then they kind of put up a wall. Like, mm-hmm. I, I don't know if I trust you. Yeah. Um, you might leave. Right. And that's why we limited people because... One of my children specifically tried to attach herself to whoever was in the home because it protected her from me leaving because she thought I would leave. Everyone else has. I might. So I'm just going to do that first. Yeah. You're not going to hurt me first. I'm just going to break that relationship and, you know, throw myself on, try to buddy up with someone else who I think will take care of me. Has that gotten better? It has. For one of them, it has. For the little guy that was attaching himself to someone's leg in Starbucks, he's still... We're still learning. Huh. Still trying to help him know uh-huh. that we are forever and you are safe here. Huh. So back to our original question. So the oh, advice yeah. you would give mm. would be to read. read yep. Um, hang out with families. Enter in with other families and know that your expectations of how it's going to go is probably not going to Set happen. them to zero. Right. Exactly. <laughs> There's so many bumps and winds and curves in the adoption road um, that if you have this certain expectation of what, how it's going to go and even how your kids are going to come home behaving and mm. acting like, um, it's just probably not going to happen. And how your existing family is going to be affected. You probably have no idea. Right. Yeah. You, you have no idea. So mm. that, that's a huge place where you can trust. Mm-hmm. You can mm-hmm. trust God that, mm-hmm. that it might not be easy. Right. But he's not going to leave. Huh. That's good. Yeah. Would you like to pray for those women, especially the women, because we're we're ministering to women here who are struggling. Uh, maybe they've adopted, mm-hmm. and they're struggling with their new life, or they're struggling to even love the children they so wanted to adopt. Right. Can you pray for those women? I love that. Okay. Um, God, we thank you for making a plan where kids who without families can feel safe and can feel loved. Um, But we know that that doesn't fix everything. It doesn't heal everything. And these kids um, can struggle. And these families can struggle, God. And so I pray for the families and the kiddos that are are dealing with trauma and that are living in the brokenness um, that is this world, God. And I pray that you would give the moms and the parents strength to continue to love their kids and continue to seek out the best for their kids. And um, continue showing their kids that they are safe and that they're loved, God. And um, I pray for the kids. I pray that you would help them to know that they're safe and to know that they're loved. Um, help them to love you, God. Help them to not be angry about their circumstances. 
Um, and I pray for the families, not just the parents, the siblings, all the extended family. They might not have signed up for this, but here they are. Um, God, I pray that you would grow in them a heart of compassion as they walk this road um, with kids from hard places and just learning to love each other. And I pray for those that are contemplating adoption. God, I pray that you would give them wisdom, um, that you would give them guidance, that you would give them the strength just to make the next step and just continue walking a journey that you're paving before them, God. Um, We thank you in your loving kindness. You've created a way for kids to be in families, God, and we thank you for adoption. And we, um, God, we eagerly wait for eternity where there is no brokenness and no trauma. Um, And we thank you for that promise. It's in your name we pray. Amen. Amen. Well, that was such good advice. And so good for us to hear the real stuff. You know what I mean? So thanks for sharing it with us. You're welcome. Okay. You're welcome. Thanks for walking along with us today. I'd love to get to know you better, so let's walk again sometime, shall we?